I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McEachran, and I am eager to know. Mindy is an artist with a studio located in Bellows Falls, Vermont, a wonderful town right on the Connecticut River. Her artwork is colorful, playful, and fun. In her own words, each painting is a spontaneous experiment with color and shapes colliding. When people experience my work, I want them to get lost and find new things. I am happy to share my conversation with Mindy Fisher. Mindy Fisher, welcome to the Eager to Know podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And I want to thank you for putting such fun, vibrant, wonderful art and, and fun art into the world. I think we need a lot of fun. I know my art sometimes can be a little serious. And when I see your art, it makes me very happy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no problem. So where does that come from? Is that, are you always happy inside or are you just mm, express? No. <laughs> yeah, so you're just expressing that part of you. Yeah, I would say definitely not happy all the time. Um, I'm not a totally miserable person, but I have bouts of depression like most people. And But yeah, it's kind of like a therapeutic thing for me to make art and... Um, I, part of it is using the color. Um, experimenting with color kind of puts me in different moods and it also kind of um, surprises me when different combinations are used and then they work out and um, yeah, it's just exciting. <laughs> so when you are feeling maybe not so positive, feeling a little low, mm -hmm. can you be creating your art and does it make you feel better? Does it make you just feel more neutral? What's that experience um, like? Or, or? Yeah, I would say it, it can help because, um, yeah, if I'm feeling kind of depressed and I'm just feeling stuck, I can always pick up a paintbrush and and just kind of swirl paint around. And that will ju just the act of doing that will make me at least feel like I'm doing something or take my mind off whatever is bothering me. So, okay. yeah, it can definitely help. Do you have a sense of this has to be a good piece of art when you're doing that? Or do you just let go and enjoy the experience and what the experience gives to you? Um, I would say that it, de it depends on the piece that I'm working on, but my abstract pieces are definitely, um, I'm not worrying about it being good. Um, it, it's definitely, I'm working in the moment and whatever comes out, is great <laughs> or sometimes I get mad at my art even <laughs> and then but that's part of the process uh, for for my abstract pieces is like kind of just starting with something and I, I get to a part where I like it but I keep going and then I hate it and then I destroy it <laughs> and start again so it's kind of a chaotic process but um I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I have a lot of questions for you. Sure. Particularly as an artist, because I'm not an abstract artist. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, when I interview abstract artists on this podcast, 
I have a lot of these questions for them. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that experience like? Like, are you going through highs and lows? Is it a range of emotions as you are uh, experiencing the creation and, and this process? Like, what does that feel like? Are you are you thinking about the normal thoughts that we all have as we go through the day, or are you just thinking about your painting? Um, for, that's a lot of questions. That's Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Um, I would say um, I'm mainly thinking about the painting. I kind of try to turn off my other thoughts. So it's kind of pretty meditative when I'm working mm -hmm. on my abstract pieces because mm -hmm. um, it's very spontaneous. And when um, I think as far as like the highs and lows, um, I would say it's not quite like that for me. It's more like I'll, cr I'll start with making some marks on a canvas. Um, and b start layering it up and then it turns into kind of a puzzle of how I can make it look like a composition or something or just like little creatures emerge and yeah. then I'm just kind of playing off of the marks I made before it's like very reactionary in a way okay um, it's kind of like a little science experiment from my head <laughs> yeah so it sounds like this is we're really seeing a part of it you like a part of Mindy's brain mm -hmm. and a part of this, <laughs> maybe even someone that was there as a child. Is that is that accurate? Like, is the part of you that's coming out and creating this the something that's always been there with you? Yeah, I think so. It feels like it because it's just very playful when I'm when I'm making those pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about when you started doing art. I know you said that you took every art class that you could when you mm -hmm. grew up. And New Hampshire, mm -hmm. um, were there a lot of art classes for you to take? And yeah. we started art probably more seriously where I grew up in, say, eighth grade, I think, mm -hmm. seventh, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Like, when did it start and what were the options? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say we had my school. I grew up in Chesterfield, New Hampshire, and our school had um, I think we had art class once a week when I was in elementary school. So it was like something we really looked forward to. At least I did. I don't know yeah. about other people, but <laughs> <laughs> it was exciting. And um, but I would say, and then yeah, I guess in junior high, I think we did, they did, those classes did get upped a little bit, where it was like twice a week. Okay. And then they, I feel like my school, the teachers in all the other like your regular teachers were pretty creative, and we would incorporate a lot of art projects in. Um, you know, our, our social studies classes okay. or science classes where we do, like, I remember once or twice a year we would do open houses for the parents and we would just build scenes in the classrooms yeah. to, to illustrate what we're learning that, so, that session. <laughs> so yeah. that was always really cool and fun to, it was fun to go from classroom to classroom. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm realizing that my teachers, particularly in elementary school, mm -hmm. incorporated creativity in with other things. Yeah. Um, I remember we did a whole, uh, uh, we did a whole segment on the ocean and the sea. Mm -hmm. And it was right around the time that the movie, this tells you how old I am, the movie Jaws came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember <laughs> we had this like, um, like almost like a fun house or a, a spook mm -hmm. house yeah. that my teacher created. And we had an evening where everyone came in and it was all black lights. And we had created all of these fish <laughs> uh, in all of these decorations and turned the whole thing. So it was a science 
mm-hmm. topic, but she turned it into art. Yeah. So yeah, we kinda, you just made me, I had completely <laughs> forgotten about this until you that, brought that, that up. That reminded me of when we did, because like it was like when people were worried about the rainforest, like the beginning of that, and we did a rainforest setting and... I just remember Ben and Jerry's had like rainforest crunch back then. Yeah. <laughs> it was like this whole thing. <laughs> but we made paper mache animals that would be in the in the rainforest and that was super exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's I think creativity and art is a way it seems like it would be a way to get kids engaged mm-hmm. in maybe topics that aren't as interesting like, right like fish or maybe yeah. even maybe even the rainforest so let's talk about so this is the question that every artist is asked is your inspiration mm-hmm. um so i know you do a, you do a few different things mm-hmm. can you describe where your inspiration comes from um i tell people that i feel like my inspiration comes from nature a lot mm-hmm. because i'm always looking at plants up close or bugs and stuff and I take a lot of photos so that that I don't always use photos as references when I like to look at them but I feel like the act of taking a photograph will kind of imprint what I'm looking at in my brain a little more and then that kind of comes back up when I'm painting in some way Um, I also feel like uh, cartoons were a big influence on me when I was a uh, when I was a child. I wanted to be a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that would be the coolest thing. Um, so I I loved Garfield and the Peanuts when I was growing up. But my grandparents always saved the funny papers from uh, the Sunday newspapers. Um, and then I would say just basically, I I kind of just get inspiration from everything. <laughs> Not not one particular artist. I get told a lot that my art kind of resembles Keith Haring's or Peter Max's. Like I get I get those two a lot. Um, I was kind of more like when I was young. I loved Keith Haring's work, so I, that probably did rub off on me in some way. And and I definitely loved um, the Beatles when I was a kid because my parents would listen to them. Mm-hmm. So I was familiar with. The yellow submarine artwork yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that probably did creep in in some way okay. even though it didn't it's not something i necessarily followed much as an adult but yeah. now were you creating <laughs> cartoons i assume you were creating cartoons as a kid when yeah you were were you creating cartoons as a like a storyboard type situation or just drawing characters i think i was mainly drawing characters when i was a kid um I did when I after I graduated college. I did t- dabble in mini comics where I would write a whole story um, with my partner at the time. Um, he and I collaborated on s- some stories, and then I, w- I would work on that. So is that like the the like the four, five frames that you would have like in a newspaper type thing, or um, no? It was more of like. Um, a zine so like we would we it would be like a comp more like a comic book and then but we'd print it on eight and a half by 11 paper and fold it and staple it and then sell it to our friends for a dollar <laughs> that sounds fantastic yeah <laughs> how many of those did you create um i think i did around three mini comics yeah wow that's yeah it took a lot of time <laughs> uh, and i assume something like that is much more of a planning type yeah. of situation as opposed to mm-hmm. the spontaneous oh yeah yeah because it would be yeah you'd make s- thumbnails and storyboards and you're doing your character development and 
yeah, just planning out the whole story before you even start drawing. So yeah, there's a lot of planning. Do you like that part of things, like a planning aspect of your brain? I mean, we all have the, the yeah. planning part. We all have the creative. You like the planning part? Yeah, sometimes sometimes I do. I would say I'm more, for the most part, I am more spontaneous in my methods now, but um, I really, I kind of do like planning and researching is fun for me. Um, I went to school for set design and a big part of that is like when you get a play um, to work on, you're looking up um, the, the period that's set in and but also maybe considering if you want to like uh, add other references, like uh, modernize it or or combine it with something else or something new. Mm -hmm. So that part's like going to the library and just like picking out a bunch of books and just kind of going through them was a lot of fun for me. Um, may, we would make morgues uh, for inspiration, so just photocopying pages out of the books that we're that I'd be picking up um, and then putting them in a composition book like making little collages to okay. be like yeah this is where, where I want to go with my design idea and stuff because you'd have to present that to the director um, and sometimes the playwright before you could get like the go-ahead to go in that direction okay yeah so that was fun that was fun I don't do it as much now but Maybe at some point I will. <laughs> is that something that you like doing, the set the set design? Um, I I liked it to a degree, and then I kind of fell out of it um, only because living in Chicago, it was at that time it was like pretty hard to find work that paid you for doing that work. Right. You kind of had to move to New York or L.A. Okay. Um, I got into a couple of situations where I was like volunteering, and then. I, I, I didn't feel like I had the personality for that lifestyle. <laughs> okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about the creative process of set design. You're, mm -hmm. You have a lot of creative latitude, it sounds like, but you're using like the starting, the framework, I guess, of the director and the screenplay. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? And then also, how did you, why did you decide to study that? Oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. It was... <laughs> This is going to sound kind of sad, but I think I was watching something on TV about, um, I think it was about the lady, oh, I forget her name, but it was the lady that designed the, the sets for The Lion King, and they were doing a news segment on her, and I was like, that looks like such <laughs> a fun job, like, I, you get to make dioramas? Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> so... Um, I was like, I'm gonna look into that because that sounds like a little more fun than doing just, you know, figure painting or something. Or cartooning. And yeah, and I was, so, um, yeah, then I decided to go to uh, Columbia College in Chicago, and that was, they, which they had a really great theater department, actually. Um, and my classes were really small, so you, you get a lot of attention there and stuff, so okay. it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I seem to be have gotten into the theater world over the past few years. It's something that I have have no experience in in the past. Yeah. And when I moved to Chicago, I just randomly started to become friends, really good friends with yeah. people that are involved in <laughs> theater. There is a lot of theater there, so yeah. it's yeah, it's not hard to find people that are involved in it. <laughs> How did you like living in Chicago? I loved it. Um, it was really cool. So when I moved there. Um, I f at first lived in the dorms, and um, 
at Columbia College, they had a uh, each semester you paid eighty dollars to get an unlimited train pass. Okay. Um, so I would just explore the city. Like if I was bored, just get on get on the train and go to a random stop nice. <laughs> and just explore the neighborhood. So, which was great considering I grew up around here. So. Um, I was pretty sheltered growing up, Um, so when I moved out there, I felt like I gained a lot of independence because to make my own decisions about where I would go, and it was nice not having to have a car, and and to just see all kinds of things and meet all kinds of people. So that was really cool. In the art scene in Chicago, I moved to Chicago for four years, Mm -hmm. Um, so I just moved here Mm -hmm. a few months ago, and I had been living in Chicago for four years. Uh, and the art scene there was very vibrant um, arts. Yeah, yeah. I had it was really cool. It was easy to find people to kind of connect with, and like I had a group of friends that we would get together um, once a week to meet at a coffee shop, um, and we would just kind of draw together and catch up with each other. So that mm. that kind of helped keep me going at a time when I was like really broke and. Um, just felt like I was spinning my wheels, not getting anywhere. So that was, that was really great. A great thing about Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's easier. I th- I feel like growing up in new England, like in a small town in new England, I didn't relate to as many people. I kind of felt like an oddball. Um, so moving out there, I felt like there was more people that I related to. <laughs> so there were more oddballs. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, there's more people. So there's always, exactly. there's always, us oddballs are always a certain percentage of the population. Exactly. And when there's more people <laughs> like a place like Chicago, yeah. it's easy for us to find each other. Yeah, maybe I was just lazy when I lived here and didn't <laughs> investigate enough. <laughs> well, it's definitely, an e- Chicago is an easy, I felt, an easy place to live mm-hmm. because it's so easy to get around because it's a grid and yeah. there's just a lot of good things about it. And how long have you been back here? Uh, I believe, yeah, 10 years. Oh, yeah. so so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, yep. So when you talk about your inspiration being, um, you know, animals and nature. Mm-hmm. How did living in, in a, an urban environment affect what you create? And oh, and, yeah. and I will tell you, uh, when I moved back here, mm-hmm. I didn't paint for the first three months. And mm-hmm. I then I started painting and I was shocked at what was coming out on the canvas mm-hmm. because it was completely different from living in from what I was producing when I was living in Chicago. And I attribute that to just the life here is completely different. My brain was starting to get like rewired and it was coming out on the canvas. Yeah, you know, so the, my um, abstract art I do, I actually didn't really start getting back into that until I moved back out here in Chicago. I was doing more of the mini comics and then doing um, uh, kind of like this cartoony portrait style that I do. Um, and and so I don't I don't think I was as inspired by nature there. I mean I did go to the parks a lot, but it's, yeah, it's very different. Like because it's more planned and there's so I feel like when I go on a hike out here, every season there's different things that you see. And not only that, but I think some of the plants um, they don't come up every year. There's like a weird cycle where things skip years and stuff. So like. I feel like I'll go for a hike and maybe I just miss them, 
before or they're new i don't know mm. but it's just like i feel like i'm always discovering mm -hmm. plants when yeah. i'm here <laughs> and chicago is like oh someone planted that intentionally so that's what you get <laughs> yeah i think there's a few spots where they i think in ravenswood they had like a prairie area um yeah. like a, a little park like that but um where things could be a little more random <laughs> yeah well, it was definitely you know i lived in this a this neighborhood called uh, Andersonville and mm -hmm. we would have cemeteries that are cemeteries of course completely surrounded by city streets yep. but we would have like deer would mm -hmm. show up which is completely <laughs> random and I'm still see this is this is still happening I on Facebook I can yeah. still still see it but it was this complete aberration in our lives like oh look a wild animal is <laughs> in the city when I moved here it is the complete inverse because if I look at where I live on Google satellites, it's completely green. Mm -hmm. And there's like a little bit of, you know, if you zoom in, you actually see a village right. with houses. And even in that village, um, it's mostly green. Yeah. So <laughs> we are completely living in nature mm -hmm. here. Um, oh, so I think that, uh, you know, affected my art. So how do you think that has affected your, your art? Um, I mean, can you see any of the urban stuff coming through and what you're producing now? I th or yeah, has that I just think, been flushed out? No, I don't think it's completely flushed out. I think it definitely um, comes up because a lot of people will note that um, they feel like they feel like there's like a street art vibe to mm. what I do. Um, and I do sometimes incorporate spray paints. Um, although I'm not very good at spray painting, it's more just like a texture thing that I add. But um, yeah, people people do notice that, so I feel like yeah, that I f have a feeling that did influence me and some and inspire me in a lot of ways. Just seeing the street art outside, and also like a lot of the galleries had a lot of like that kind of um, artwork in them, hanging in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that you the word that you seem to use is spontaneous and spontaneous. Yeah, in your artwork. In normal life, would you consider yourself spontaneous? Um, to to a degree, I think I don't. I I've found like I don't like having too many set plans. Like that will. I think there was one weekend where I went somewhere where I was as or I had to go on a business trip and and then I had relatives visiting and I was just like, oh my God, I feel like every minute of this week is like already planned and I, I don't have any room to breathe. And so I like to have, I do like to have a routine to a degree, um, but I also like having room for like random adventures. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like at my studio, I'm only open by chance or appointment because I want to have that space to be able to go on a hike if mm -hmm. it's a nice day. <laughs> um, not, or if I have to run errands, it can be boring stuff too, <laughs> but <laughs> um, just to kind of, because um, I think that feeds into my inspiration if I can take time to do that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's a big part of the creative process. Um, I haven't always had the freedom to do that because I had, you know, for a long time I was working full time. Um, but I would still manage to find ways to be spontaneous. Okay. Now, if people want to see 
you in your studio. Mm-hmm. Your studio is in Bellows Falls, Vermont, yep. Yep. Uh, which is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, where where would they go? So they would go to Canal Street, um, and my studio is located in the Exner block. It's um, it's a storefront, so you can see my like you can pretty much see the whole studio from the street. Um, and if you ever s- s- walk by there and you see me working. Um, I usually try try to put my open sign up, and um, but I also welcome people. If I don't have it up, they're welcome to knock and come in. <laughs> okay, and then are you part of the third Fridays? I try to do them. I missed out this time because of the big snowstorm. Okay, <laughs> I was busy shoveling. Right, good excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and but, in your website, I know that your website has uh, art for sale. Yes, uh, and, and you do some commissions as well. And what yep. is the that art that website is? Um, you can either go to ornithologycom which is really hard to spell, or you can just do mindyfisher.com. Mindyfisher.com. Yeah, that sounds that's easy. Yeah. So I looked up your website is orn. Ornithology. Okay, so I looked that up, obviously, doing my research before this interview, and nothing came up. What is that? It's a word I made up. Oh, perfect. All right, good. Um, I thought I wasn't a good <laughs> Google user. No, it was, um, so when I, I first started doing these, when I lived in Chicago, first got out of college, and I was doing these paintings, there were these surreal cartoons with word bubbles in them, but I was using kind of like an asemic language, which that means it's just a language that has no set meaning. Um, it's just, it's very random and kind of open to interpretation. Okay. Um, so I, and I didn't know what the word is. I didn't know the word asemic existed at that time. Someone later on told me that's what I was doing, <laughs> but it was just kind of like, I didn't know what to write in the word bubbles. So I just kind of make these weird um, random, um, a lot of people, well, a lot of people say they look like hieroglyphs. Um, so that's kind of where that part of the name came from. And then, um, I also tended to paint a lot of birds. So the Orna part is relates to that. So I kind of just kind of mush the two words together to create that word. Well, for a created invented <laughs> word, it's pretty sophisticated. Thank sounding. you. <laughs> yeah. And I tell people that if they look at my art, they're an ornoglyphologist. I like if that. They, and if they tell me what they see, because then they're studying it, and then um, they, yeah, they're like actually studying it and analyzing it, then yeah, you're an ornithologist. And All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I am one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mindy, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Yeah, this thank was great. You. I think you were the first artist that I met, uh, one of the first artists that I met when I moved here. Oh, cool. Well, welcome to Vermont. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Ricky McGuckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.